Today is September the 5th. Today, we see Solomon's early years. Reading through the Bible in a year today, we begin the reading of 2 Chronicles. I'd like you to read the first three chapters. Now, in chapter one, all of this material uh, comes straight from the book of Kings. Uh, slightly different wording, but uh, it it is uh, the same history that we have recorded there. In Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter one, Solomon asks for wisdom. We don't have the story of the two uh, women who came to King Solomon, each claiming that uh, their son, uh, the boy, belonged to them. Um, whatever, it's, it's not important. Solomon asks for wisdom. In chapter 2, he prepares to build the temple, and then in chapter 3, he actually goes ahead and builds uh, the temple. Very simple, very straightforward. And although these uh, issues are dealt with in Second Kings, uh, in First Kings, uh, the wording here is slightly different, a different uh, account of the same events. Enjoy today as you read Second Chronicles 1 to 3. Second Chronicles 1 through 3, New Living Translation, Second Chronicles 1. Solomon, son of David, took firm control of his kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him very powerful. Solomon called together all the leaders of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, the judges, and all the political and clan leaders. Then he led the entire assembly to the place of worship in Gibeon, for God's tabernacle was located there. This was the tabernacle that Moses, the Lord's servant, had made in the wilderness. David had already moved the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim to the tent he had prepared for it in Jerusalem. But the bronze altar made by Beziel, son of Uri, and grandson of Hur, was there at Gibeon in front of the tabernacle of the Lord. So Solomon and the people gathered in front of it to consult the Lord. There in front of the tabernacle, Solomon went up to the bronze altar in the Lord's presence and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings on it. That night God appeared to Solomon and said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied to God, You showed great and faithful love to David my father, and now you have made me king in his place. O Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly, for who could possibly govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, Because your greatest desire is to help your people and not to ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies or a long life, but rather you ask for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people, I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested. But I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame, such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future." Then Solomon returned to Jerusalem from the tabernacle at the place of worship in Gibeon. 
and he reigned over Israel. Solomon built up a huge force of chariots and horses. He had 14,000 chariots and 1,200 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. The king made silver and gold as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Silica. The king's traders acquired them from Silica at the standard price. At that time, chariots from Egypt could be purchased for 600 pieces of silver and horses for 150 pieces of silver. They were then exported to the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram. Second Chronicles 2 Solomon decided to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord and also a royal palace for himself. He enlisted a force of 70,000 laborers, 80,000 men to quarry stone in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen. Solomon also sent this message to the king of Hiram and Tyre. Send me cedar logs as you did for my father, David, when he was building his palace. I'm about to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. It will be a place set apart to burn fragrant incense before him, to display the special sacrificial bread, and to sacrifice burnt offerings each morning and evening, on the Sabbaths, at new moon celebrations, and at the other appointed festivals of the Lord our God. He has commanded Israel to do these things forever. This must be a magnificent temple because our God is greater than all other gods. But who can really build him a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens can contain him. So who am I to consider building a temple for him except as a place to burn sacrifices to him? So send me a master craftsman who can work with gold, silver, bronze, and iron, as well as with purple, scarlet, and blue cloth. He must be a skilled engraver who can work with the craftsmen of Judah and Jerusalem who were selected by my father David. Also send me cedar, cypress, and red sandalwood logs from Lebanon, for I know that your men are without equal at cutting timber in Lebanon. I will send my men to help them. An immense amount of timber will be needed, for the temple I am going to build will be very large and magnificent. In payment for your woodcutters, I will send a hundred thousand bushels of crushed wheat, a hundred thousand bushels of barley, a hundred and ten gallons of wine, and a hundred and ten gallons of olive oil. King Hiram sent this letter of reply to Solomon. It is because the Lord loves his people that he has made you their king. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who made the heavens and the earth. He has given King David a wise son, gifted with skill and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. I am sending you a master craftsman named Huram Abai, who is extremely talented. His mother is from the tribe of Dan in Israel, and his father is from Tyre. He is skillful at making things from gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and also works with stone and wood. He can work with purple, blue, and scarlet cloth and fine linen. He is also an engraver and can follow any design given to him. He will work with your craftsmen and those appointed by my lord David your father. Send along the wheat, barley, olive oil, and wine that my lord has mentioned. We will cut whatever timber you need from the Lebanon mountains and will float the logs in rafts down the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa. From there, you can transport the logs up to Jerusalem. 
Solomon took a census of all foreigners in the land of Israel like the census his father had taken, and he counted 153,600, and assigned 70,000 of them as common laborers, 80,000 as quarry workers in the hill country, and 3,600 as foremen. Second Chronicles 3 So Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to David his father. The temple was built on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite, the site that David had selected. The construction began in mid-spring, during the fourth year of Solomon's reign. These are the dimensions Solomon used for the foundation of the temple of God, using the old standard of measurement. It was 90 feet long and 30 feet wide. The entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple, and 30 feet high. He overlaid the inside with pure gold. He paneled the main room of the temple with cypress wood, overlaid it with fine gold, and decorated it with carvings of palm trees and chains. He decorated the walls of the temple with beautiful jewels and with gold from the land of Paraim. He overlaid the beams, thresholds, walls, and doors throughout the temple with gold, and he carved figures of cherubims on the walls. He made the most holy place thirty feet wide, corresponding to the width of the temple, and thirty feet deep. He overlaid its interior with twenty-three tons of fine gold. The gold nails that were used weighed twenty ounces each. He also overlaid the walls and upper rooms with gold. He made two figures shaped like cherubim, overlaid them with gold, and placed them in the most holy place. The total wingspan of the two cherubim standing side by side was thirty feet. One wing of the first figure was seven and a half feet long, and it touched the temple wall. The other wing, also seven and a half feet long, touched one of the wings of the second figure. In the same way, the second figure had one wing seven and a half feet long that touched the opposite wall. The other wing, also seven and a half feet long, touched the wing of the first figure. So the wingspan of the two cherubim side by side was thirty feet. They stood on their feet and faced outward toward the main room of the temple. Across the entrance of the most holy place, he hung a curtain made of fine linen, decorated with blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and embroidered with figures of cherubim. For the front of the temple, he made two pillars that were twenty-seven feet tall, each topped by a capital extending upward another seven and a half feet. He made a network of interwoven chains, and used them to decorate the tops of the pillars. He also made a hundred decorative pomegranates and attached them to the chains. Then he set up the two pillars at the entrance of the temple, one to the south of the entrance and the other to the north. He named the one on the south Jachin and the one on the north Boaz. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see the temple built and dedicated.